Sensors, podcast consumers. Welcome to episode 91 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And we've got an action-packed show for you tonight. I'm going to warn everyone, it is opening day, so we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, but we've got all kinds of great topics to get into, some tech, some social trends, as always, TV, film, and books, and some little bit of mental health and some parenting. So let's get right into it with our social plugs. That's right, you can keep up with us between episodes, during episodes, after episodes, whenever you so please, and you can do so in multiple locations. One of those would be Twitter. Head on over to Twitter, just pull out your phone because you know you got the damn thing on your phone anyway, uh, and look up at Tell the Wall Pod, also at Magic Muppet. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod and at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those. One of those is obviously the official Go Tell to the Wall Twitter account, and the other one is my own personal Twitter account. So make sure you're following both of those. You're going to get all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, and of course, we are currently live on Facebook right now. Head on over to Facebook, facebook.com slash Go Tell to the Wall. Like our page, you're going to get all kinds of great updates. We have a couple of admins on there as well that are keeping things in line, unlike Twitter where we don't have any admins, and it's really just me messing with everything. So Facebook might be your better way to go because uh, I, I tend to be reined in a little bit on Facebook compared to Twitter. And, of course, YouTube. YouTube. Head over to YouTube. Search Go Tell to the Wall. Uh, subscribe to our page. Like our videos. Watch our videos. That's where you're going to find all the beer reviews among many, many, many other videos, including live feeds. Uh, from the podcast episodes if you don't actually catch them on Facebook. That's another place to actually find them. Uh, and, of course, SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, SeanO'RourkeLive.com is our official website for everything Go Tell to the Wall, everything Sean O'Rourke, and everything related to both of those things. So make sure you bookmark it. Check back often. In fact, you're going to find links to all of those things I just mentioned. It'll take you straight to them so you don't even have to remember what you're looking for on Twitter, on YouTube, and on, on Facebook and whatnot. Uh, and you're also going to find things that you're not going to find anywhere else, including photos, uh, videos. I think most of the videos you can also find on YouTube. Uh, there's photos up there that you're not, find it, not going to find anywhere else, uh, as well as blog posts. And, of course, our Patreon page. You can link directly to our Patreon page through the website, also through YouTube and some of the other things. But definitely head on, get there through SeanOrourkeLive.com. And if you have the means and you see fit to do so, please help us out financially. Every dollar helps. Every single dollar helps. It helps to keep this studio moving. It helps us to bring in new concepts. It helps to keep me drinking beer. Not really, but it does. Uh, none of the money actually goes toward beer. Mm. So have no fear on that. In fact, we have one of our patrons joining the live feed right now. Hi, Kevin. Congratulations to your Dodgers. I would apologize for wearing my Boston Red Sox jersey, uh, but you're probably feeling pretty good about it today, consider even considering the outcome of last year's World Series. Yeah, Sox didn't do so well today. It's okay, though. It's okay. I get, you know... We got a nice little World Series title to, to hang back on, so a, a, a less than stellar opening day is okay. Uh, whereas Kevin's team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, had an exemplary uh, opening day. And as I'm saying that, happy, happy opening day to everybody out there. Hopefully your teams did well. Hopefully even if they didn't do well, like my team, the Boston Red Sox, you still enjoyed the day. I love baseball. 
I absolutely, it's, it's, it's hands down my favorite of the major North American sports. It's, it's probably my favorite sport to watch. I, I very much enjoy it. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to a, to a great season. It's, it for me as a Boston Red Sox fan, it is like, uh, hi, Michael. Uh, it is like, uh, it, it's, it's like playing with house money. You know, once you, when you're coming off a world series win, it's not, uh, it's, there's not as much pressure. There's not as much pressure as opposed to the Los Angeles Dodgers who play here in Los Angeles, like I said, uh, which would be technically my, my hometown team, even though I didn't grow up here. Uh, I've lived in Los Angeles longer than anywhere else in my entire life. Uh, so I do root for them to an extent as long as they're not playing the Red Sox. But they hopefully will also have another good season, maybe make it back to the World Series. And as long as they're not playing the Red Sox, uh, I will be rooting for him. Kevin knows that. Uh, <laughs> most of the wall fans and common sensors out there know that. Uh, and I also got to enjoy uh, watching the Goodyear blimp head up into the air from my backyard today. Uh, and I actually just missed, just missed. And that's what I love about living in the area. One of the things I love about living in the area where I do is whenever there's a flyover at Dodger Stadium, a lot of times at the Rose Bowl, um, they don't really do a lot at Staples Center, but if there was, we'd get those too. They tend to fly right over our house. And today there was a massive flyover, big one of those big cargo planes. Unfortunately, I was I was stuck inside with my, stuck inside with my daughter. We we're in the middle of reading a book, uh, so instead of stopping that and running outside, I just continued reading the book and and unfortunately didn't get to see it fly over. Uh, but they did have a big flyover today, and those are always exciting. I always enjoy them. And it's funny. I I, I jump on you know the social media things and uh, uh, shortly after that, and people are like complaining. They're like, "Why is this plane?" So it's like, not everyone gets to experience this, guys. Like you, you're basically getting a, a mini air show whenever there's a big event going on down at Dodger Stadium. Calm down, enjoy it, just enjoy it. Uh, you know, I I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not like it's happening at two in the morning. <laughs> it was ha it happened at one o'clock today. Like, w w what's the big disturbance at one o'clock? Your your daily nap. I have a two year old who was going down for a nap, and I didn't complain. So just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. All right, now that we're through that baseball stuff, <laughs> for now, uh, I want to talk about the beer this week. Super excited about this one. I'm always super excited about this brewery, as you know. You should be familiar with it by now. Uh, in fact, Kevin has has absolutely contributed beers from this brewery to the podcast, and that would be Firestone Walker. Uh, they're right there in Central Coast, California, not far from Santa Barbara, if I remember correctly. Uh, they also make the 805. They make a lot of beers that we've had on the podcast, as well as, as in beer reviews that you're going to find on YouTube. And this is the Mind Haze IPA. Mind Haze IPA. Cool little can design there. Very, very colorful. Uh, and it's, of course, you can tell from the name, it's one of those somewhat hazy IPAs. This one's going to be closer to a New England IPA, I would say, uh, as opposed to like those juicy IPAs that we're seeing flying around quite a bit. Uh, and, and, but it's a tasty one. It's definitely a tasty one. Highly recommend it. It's at 6.2%. Right in that wheelhouse of, of most IPAs on slightly stronger side, side, but I always say if an IPA is under 7, I, I call that average because you, you run into some IPAs uh, that get up to like 8, and then when you get into the double IPAs, you're talking like 8 to 10. It's crazy. I, I've had a 10% uh, double IPA, and that's like, all right, I'm gonna, let me get a small pour of this so I can taste it. Uh, so this one right in the middle, super tasty, a little bit of fruitiness to it, definitely closer to that New England IPA, and of course... I love, love, love the Firestone Walker uh, slogan, which is beer before glory. I will always take beer before glory. So check these out. You should be able to find them most places. Mm. I think I found these at Vaughn's uh, this last weekend. Some, it was either Vaughn's or 
sprouts. It was definitely not one of the the like craft beer places around here. It was one of the more mainstream, you know, supermarket places that I picked this one up because I haven't been to one of the fancy beer stores here in a while. I just don't have time. I got a two-year-old. I'd love to go and just like peruse beers all the time, which I do on occasion. It's just been a while since I've been actually able to to do that. Oh, man. All right. Let's get into some social trends. Oh, boy. This is going to be uh, it's going to be an up and down segment here. Wall fans, common sensors, because there's some stupidity. There's some good stuff, more stupidity. Oh, and then more stupidity. Oh, and some funny stuff. All right. First one up that I found this week. Uh, this has been it's actually been kind of going on for a little while. It just wasn't brought to my attention until recently. And I think it's just not as popular as some of the other challenges out there can be. And this is the hashtag microwave challenge. Hashtag microwave challenge. I don't know if you guys have seen this one yet. It has been around for a little while. I just found it this week. Uh, Kevin, I don't know if you've heard of this one yet. But basically what people are doing is they're filming themselves like sitting on the ground. And, you know, I, I feel, why am I explaining? Just let me let me recompose myself here for a minute. <laughs> Because I'm I'm between explaining what people are doing and how a microwave functions, which you kind of should know how a microwave functions. Uh, but you do know how a microwave functions. But a lot of them, especially nowadays, this was less common in the 80s and 90s when I was a kid. But now I think all of them pretty much come standard with a little rotating thing in there. So that when you turn the microwave on, it rotates and your food cooks, your popcorn pops, whatever you're putting in there. And so what people did with this hashtag microwave challenge is they're making themselves like turn smoothly in a circle Smoothly in a circle. Hi, Chris. Glad you're on. Freaking Red Sox, huh? Uh, not a not a great day, but luckily we have 161 more games to get into it. Uh, Chris and I commiserate very often on on Boston sports. It's been a very happy year, so we can't complain. Uh, but like I was saying, people are filming themselves like rotating as if they were sitting on one of those little microwave rotating plate things, you know. And <laughs> it's actually, if you catch some of them, it's kind of spooky. It is because you see it. You see a guy like sitting, just he walks up, sits down on the ground, and starts rotating without like even moving. Well, it turns out, and I'm if you if you don't want to know how this is done, you just want to continue having your mind blown on Twitter and stuff. Then just just cut this out for a sec. But what people are doing is they're putting like spinners in their pants, like you know fidget spinners or whatever. They're putting one of those in their pants, or maybe even one of those microwave things. And uh, <laughs> I know Chris, and then using like fishing line. To rotate themselves around in a circle. It can be pretty spooky, but if you dive a little deeper... Oh, God, Ryan Seacrest did it, too. That's how you know it's jumped the shark. If Ryan Seacrest is doing a challenge, just stop it right there. Stop it right there. Uh, but, of course, that's what people are doing. It is a little spooky, but if you if you dive a little deeper in there, you're going to see that you can actually see the fishing line on some of these. So that that's the secret here with the microwave challenge. And uh, what do I have to say to that? Uh, just another waste of time. It's another waste of time. Stop. Everybody calm down. People are doing these, like, coordinated. It's just find something better to do. Find something better to do. You're rotating on your ass. That's what you're doing here. And, and we're calling it a challenge? What's the challenge here? You're rotating on your ass. And everyone else is doing the same damn thing. Give me a break. Give me a break. I'm so, like these dumb challenges. It's like the gray sweatpants challenge and stuff. There's the challenges that do hurt people or yourself. Those are just out the window immediately, and it's like, stop that immediately. These, it's just dumb, and it's like, if you really want to do this, fine, but, like, get a life. Find something better to do. And then, of course, there's the better challenges, like the uh, the litter challenge or whatever that one was we were talking about a couple weeks ago, which is still, like, lame. You don't need to film yourself doing something nice just to prove you did it. 
you should just be doing that anyway, but at least you're doing something good, not hurting anyone, and it's really not, it's hard to say it's a dumb thing when people are picking up trash that has been left on the side of the road. All right, moving on. Uh, I'm going to get into more of this, but I want to point this out in the social section here because I encourage everyone to go to, like, do your research on this topic, read some articles, but also go and see what people are saying because I was very confused on this one. Uh, and it's hashtag surviving Cardi B. Cardi B. Yeah, I, I was super confused because I hear, I've heard this name Cardi B. I didn't really know who the heck she was. I, I didn't. I guess she's a rapper or a singer or something. She's in the music industry somehow. I always hear the name. I like, I, I clearly, I'm, I'm into crappy punk rock. I don't, I'm not into like this. I, I never know who these, these people are. Uh, but there's a reason it's trending on the social platforms. Some of it can be kind of funny. So I encourage you to check this one out. Make sure you get a little background on it, which we are going to get into once we get into TV, film, and books. Uh, but I wanted to point that out in the social media section because it is a trending hashtag right now. And there are some funny, there's some funny ones. This is not a funny topic, but there are some funny ones. And we're going to get into the double standard that is uh, hashtag surviving Cardi B uh, once we get into TV, film, and books, like I said. All right, moving along. Hey, Andrew. Uh, moving along, Andrew. Have you uh, have you had have you gotten your hands on this Mind Haze, Mind Haze IPA just yet? Got my cousin Andrew on here, who is a beer expert. He is a also a beer sommelier. There's a term for it. I I'm clearly not fancy enough to uh, to to remember that term off the top of my head. But it, I'm curious if you've had that one, the Mind Haze IPA, Firestone Walker. Uh. Uh, this and there's another one. I, I'm not into this hashtag. It is opening day, and that's why this one's trending on social platforms right now. It's hashtag chop on, hashtag chop on. And if you go on Twitter and you actually search this one, this is one of the hashtags that actually has a little emoji at the end, has a little tomahawk emoji. Now, for those of you not familiar with baseball, I'm going to explain this one to you. Uh, the the baseball team in Atlanta, they are the Atlanta Braves. Not the best team name, but you can kind of get past. It being insensitive as long because they have removed a lot of like the insensitive imagery uh, as compared to the uh, the uh, Cleveland baseball team, which is just completely insensitive. But they do have an insensitivity that has just lingered and it's been there. And what they do is they do this tomahawk chop. It's really good, Andrew. I'm enjoying it. It's it's super uh, super enjoyable. Uh, and that's probably the word. And see, I can't even pronounce what a beer sommelier is. Citroni. Yeah, I'm like way too fancy for me i i'm i'm not a fancy person that's the thing so i never know like the terms on these people like to talk to me about ibus and stuff and, and i get a lot of that feedback on the youtube channel i'm like i i dude i don't know I, i'm just and it's not like i i enjoy it and respect it i just i don't understand it it's way it goes over my head um but this chop on that they're doing is they have this racist chant where they're doing a tomahawk chop, and there is a whole chant that they do with it, and it's terrible. So, of course, Atlanta Braves fans have been using this uh, this chop on uh, hashtag all day because it's opening day. Luckily, and I actually saw this because I knew this was a thing. I didn't realize they used the hashtag. Luckily, if you search on Twitter uh, hashtag chop on racist, you're actually going to find the people that are speaking out against uh, the the tomahawk chop, the chant, and all the things that they do down there in Atlanta. Atlanta is it's such a is that what the kids say woke? It's such a woke city. I'm just surprised they haven't gotten rid of this yet. Like Cleveland, I get it's like hey, you guys just don't know that you're doing things that are dumb, you know. <laughs> like Atlanta, like yeah, you should know better, uh, you know. So Cicero, Cicero, thank you. Now I know. Uh, and so if you see this hashtag, definitely. 
point out how it's racist, uh, but but also just educate yourself because we need to eliminate this stuff. From I love baseball, but the Cleveland baseball team needs to change their team name uh, as well as as the Atlanta Braves need to get rid of this this terrible terrible chant that they do. Uh, on another note, the Kansas City Chiefs, the football team, also do a similar chant, so that needs to be eliminated as well. I, I want to be an equal opportunity ranter here and point out everyone that's being insensitive, I guess. Uh, but they, I guess at the same time, Kansas City didn't have a, a hashtag chop on that they were using for all of their stuff. All right, uh, this one I enjoyed. Hashtag, I will walk an extra mile for. I will walk an extra mile for. Uh, and uh, Barry Colthorpe shared this, uh, hashtag, I will walk an extra mile for the the Proclaimers. They have walked enough already. If you're too young to get that joke, then go look it up. Just go Proclaimers, YouTube, right there. Uh, This one, I really enjoyed myself. They actually shared a GIF uh, from my own, at my own fault, my own effing fault. Wow, that's kind of extreme. And it's, Hashtag, I will walk an extra mile for being stupid, and it includes a gif of a uh, gas meter, like for your car, and uh, don't worry, uh, my own effing fault, I've been there myself. We all have, right? Like, who hasn't done that? Uh, One more hashtag I want to talk about, and, you know, kind of enlighten you all on, I guess, is uh, hashtag, this generation will never know. Hashtag this generation will never know. This is something we've we've always had something similar here. There's so many things like there's my buddy on here, MTV. But the, this one really stuck out to me because we've hit a point now. You know, it was always like silly things. And, you know, you could sit here and be like, oh, kids these days, like everyone hits an age, you know, but your parents can do the same thing. Like there's there's certain things. But what stuck out to me a lot about this is now computer stuff is coming up. Uh, for example, there's someone shared a a a GIF, I guess, is it? Yeah, it's a GIF of uh, Space Cadet 3D Pinball, which, if you're not familiar with, was like a pinball game that at one time was just included with Windows. It was this basic kind of pop-up pinball game that you played on your computer. And that really struck me because we have hit a point where, like, computery things, you can say. And I'm not even talking, like, Apple IIe, you know? I'm talking, like, this is Windows, Microsoft Windows, and we have hit a point where kids don't even understand, like, have never even seen basic like the original Windows, which is kind of, it's just crazy to me uh, from a technology standpoint. I, and I get it. Like you, every generation can do that. It's just we have now crossed over into a threshold where computers are a thing. Like the, this generation will never know like what it's like to type on a key. We're going to hit that point. This generation will never know what it's like to type on a keyboard because now computers just read your mind and type, you know, it types it automatically. Oh, it's crazy. Um, all right, moving along. Couple more social things I want to talk about. Don't have actual hashtags. One of them is just ridiculous, and one of them is a warning. Uh, so the other day, somebody shared a photo uh, on social media, one of the social platforms, and it was the St. Louis way of slicing bagels. And they basically sliced the bagels like a loaf of bread. So it was like instead of slicing it in half, you know. And you've seen people slice like in half long way and you got each half and you put the cream cheese and people like if they're sharing a bagel maybe they cut it in half you know or you've cut it in half that way and then cut it in half no this is as if like a bread slicer had come down on the bagels and social platforms lost their minds and i get it it's funny like it's funny it's like who does that but people lost their minds to the extent that they were like this is psychotic what is this and just went crazy over it and i bring this up because it's like yeah it's funny uh but we all need to calm down a little bit now, like calm down a little bit just because someone slices their bagel differently doesn't mean they're wrong. 
We don't need to have a debate. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, go tell us the wall. We say, however you want to cut your bagel, cut it. I, I don't care. Just, just eat your bagel. Enjoy it. Have a good bagel. I'm also not one of those like bagel snobs and not because I don't like bagels. This is another thing. It's just, I'm just not educated enough. My wife is a bit of a bagel snob. I have a good friend who's from New York, clearly, and he like he knows the whole process regarding making the bagels the right way. And I'm always like, I don't know. I don't know. I just get the package. <laughs> you get this, so like Thomas, you know, like the English muffin dudes, they make uh, they make bagels. I'm like, I got some Thomas's bagels. And clearly that's not the right way to be making bagels. All right, one more of these on social. And this one's this one's a warning for you. But if you were dumb and fell for this already, like I don't feel bad for you. Uh, so there was a tweet going around. And uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what this one said. It said, if you change your birthday to 2007, you get all the old nostalgic Twitter looks. It's actually fire. I think that's what the kids like say is good. It's a good thing these days. If it's fire, it's good. I don't know. I'm sure that's what they're they're saying. Uh, but unfortunately, and maybe fortunately at the same time, because if you're dumb enough to fall for this one, then you probably deserved uh, this to happen. Uh, but it's basically a prank. You're going to get locked out of Twitter. If you change your birth year to 2007, uh, you're going to get locked out of Twitter. Unless, I'm not going to do math in my head right now. Maybe Chris will do it for me. Unless your birthday's in like January, February, or beginning of March, then I don't think you will. Is that math right? Uh, but essentially, with these social platforms, and it's the same thing with Facebook, uh, you need to be 13 to be on the social platform. That is part of their, their terms and conditions. So if you change your birth year and it makes you younger than 13, they're going to lock you out of your account. And people have been getting locked out of their Twitter accounts. It's ridiculous. Uh, but like I said, if you're dumb enough to be like, oh, let me change my birth year to 2000. Like, dude. And this is one of those situations where maybe I do have, I, I have too much information and I just know off the bat, like, no, that's dumb. You got to be 13 to be on Facebook. And that's probably from working with social platforms when I was when I was working for the mouse there and, and everything was kind of kid focused, you know. All right. TV, film and books. Chris. Chris, tonight's the night, right? Tonight is the night. Uh, now, if you're on the East Coast or Andrew, if you're in the Midwest, you, you've already missed the opportunity. Uh, but if you're on the West Coast tonight at 930 p.m. is the premiere of Abby's. On NBC, that's right, we've talked about it, I've talked about it for a couple episodes, and I wanted to make sure we're doing it tonight. If you, Even if you get through the entirety of this podcast, you've still got time to end the podcast here, finish your drink, grab another drink, and go sit and watch some Abbey's on NBC. So if you're on the West Coast, make sure you're tuning in, 9.30 tonight to Abbey's, and I bring this up because we know it's going to be a fantastic show, it's got a great cast, I'm really excited about these, these actors, uh, I enjoy all of them, well the ones that I know, there's some new actors that I'm not real familiar with, uh, but the ones I am familiar with, I, I very much enjoy uh, their work that I've seen previously. And of course, we also bring it up. Uh, congratulations to our very own Chris Hassong. Uh, this is his show. He is an assistant director on it. And uh, and that's why, not only because it's going to be a great show, uh, but we support it because Chris does so many things to support us here at Go Tell It's a Wall podcast, uh, being an on, on-air producer and all the stats and information, really everything uh, that he and, he and Bridget do uh, for the show. So thank you and congrats, Chris, on the premiere happening tonight. 9.30 p.m. on NBC. Uh, and if you missed, if you're on the East Coast, Midwest, and you missed it already, make sure you, you add it on your Hulu uh, or you put it on your DVR, whatever it is, check out Abby's on NBC Thursdays at 9.30. Uh, we got some Avengers news. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Chris, you probably already know this. Uh, just just dropped like today, this kind of drop. There was a new poster uh, for the Chinese markets for Avengers Endgame. 
new poster. And it's interesting because there's been a lot of posters floating out there and they vary depending on different markets and everything. This one is extra interesting because it features a bunch of characters that you wouldn't think would be featured on the poster for Marvel or for Marvel for Avengers Endgame. And basically what it is is it's the same poster that we've seen with Cap and and, and Hawkeye who's going to be Ronin once the movie drops uh, among others. And uh, yeah, definitely check out Abby uh, uh, Andrew. It's going to be a good one. Uh, but at the bottom of the poster, you see kind of silhouetted what are clearly uh, all of the characters that died in the last Avengers movies. You see, um, oh my gosh, um, Nick Fury right at the front. And you can, you can see the silhouettes of like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and Groot, uh, among many others. So, of course, we all knew this was going to happen. We all knew they were coming back in some capacity, in some way. But this is just kind of moving us closer to, yeah, we're getting these characters back. That's what we're doing. We're getting them back. Uh, so they're going to be coming up in the new film, which drops uh, uh, in April. I don't have the exact date right in front of me. You all know when it drops. <laughs> it's like you get beaten the head with Avengers Endgame stuff. Like I, I mean, I kind of seek it out to an extent, but I feel like even if I wasn't seeking it out, it would just be popping up. Every, Whoa, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Break, between breaking news and social platforms, it's just kind of a little bit of, of all of it. Um. All right. Uh, oh, man. I'm excited about this one, but I'm a little apprehensive because of what I'm about to tell you. Uh, Fantastic Show Season 2 is going to be premiering on Sunday. That show is Barry. Barry. If you're not familiar with this one, it's an HBO show uh, starring Bill, Bill Hader. Uh, also includes Henry Winkler, uh, among some other actors you would probably recognize from, from other projects and, and whatnot. Uh, if you haven't seen it, get your hands on it. It's the first season's fantastic. It's a dark comedy. I'm not going to go through a whole synopsis or anything. Dark comedy, just watch it. Just check it out. Uh, I'm a little bit apprehensive about it because I was reading an interview earlier with one of the showrunners, and they did point out that it's going to be darker than season one. So keep that in mind if you were familiar with season one. It's still going to be a comedy, still a dark comedy, but it's going to be a little bit darker than the first season was. Man, like... I feel like I'm talking a mile a minute and we're already like we're already halfway through the show. What happened today? All right, a little more TV film and books. Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. We love Sophie Turner, not just cuz of Game of Thrones, but she is a big champion uh for for mental illness and mental health awareness. Uh so we love her here at Go Tell It to the Wall podcast, but she's been in the news again recently this week in fact. <clears throat> uh she did an interview recently did an interview uh, where she was talking about love and finding the right person and marriage and everything else. And, and for those of you not familiar, she's actually engaged to Joe Jonas, uh, who is the, the middle brother of the Jonas Brothers. Uh, very, very nice guy. I, I, I know him personally, worked with him quite a bit years ago uh, when I was at Disney. Great guy. Uh, but that's not why I'm bringing this up. She was doing this interview and w was talking about marriage and sexuality and everything else. And she kind of in pass, not in passing, but just kind of a extra little tidbit that she offered was like, you know, man, men or women, you know, male or female. And when asked to clarify, she said, yeah, you know, everyone experiments a little. Meaning she experimented with with women. She's a she's a woman. And here's the thing is the Internet went and ran with it. And people were tweeting and they were like, yes, Sophie Turner's gay now. She is gay. Chalk another one up for the gay team. Like, I'm not even kidding you. I saw I saw a tweet that said that. Chalk one up for the gay team. And it was like, it was like, okay, like I'm all I'm all for it. 
I'm all for gay rights and, and same-sex marriage and everything else. The, th the reason I bring this up is it's you're pressing a little too much. You're pressing a little too much as far as what you can conceptualize as someone's sexuality and what you're just thrusting upon them. Just because she was experimenting doesn't make her gay. It doesn't make her bisexual necessarily. In fact, it can be more insulting to people who are homosexual or bisexual because you're diminishing actually being that way. You know what I mean? Think about that. So everyone needs to calm down on this and, and not, not just jump on it because nobody has the right to label someone else's uh, sexuality. Nobody does. You cannot label someone's sexuality. That, that's not your right to do. That's not your right to do. It's not. If Sophie Turner was gay, she'd come out and say she was gay. That, that, that's how it is. You, you, can't, you can't thrust that on someone. And, and maybe she is. But it's not our place to make that decision for her. Maybe she is bisexual. It's not our place to make that decision for her. And like I said, it can be insulting to people who actually are. All right, Cardi B. Oh, man. Cardi B. Still don't really full. I think she's a singer or rapper or something. Is this, isn't this is like she reminds me. There's another one that I feel like was I, I can't keep track of all these musicians. And I, maybe she's great. I don't mean to be insulting toward her music or her fans or anything. It's just I'm not familiar with her. I'm not not familiar with her. Uh, and what happened was an interview came to light from years ago. I believe it was like an Instagram interview or something. Something weird like that. Uh, from three years ago, where she had, and apparently she at one time was a stripper. Nothing wrong with that. I like nothing wrong with that. You're a stripper. Cool. Do that's that's what you want to do. That's what you do. Uh, while she was a stripper, she admitted to drugging and robbing men. She would entice men back to a hotel room, drug them, and rob them. This is what she would do. She admitted to it. And in fact, she came out since the video had had become public and 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 picked up more steam and said, yeah. That's a legit video. I did. She confirmed it was real. And what's happening right now is there's a big debate over whether it's right or wrong. You can find people on social platforms right now debating whether it's right or wrong. Spoiler alert, wall fans, comment censors, podcast consumers. It's wrong. It's wrong. And on top of that, we can't have a double standard. We can't have a double standard. In fact, in my eyes and in my mind... She is just as bad as Bill Cosby, just as bad as Bill Cosby. And you can say, oh, well, she was broke and she had she was doing what she had to do to get by. So does that mean if a homeless person runs up into your house, drugs you and steals all your stuff, it's OK because they were homeless and they have less than you? Think about that. That's what people defending Cardi B are saying. That's what they're saying. I don't care. I don't care that she was broke. I don't. I don't. And what's happening here is, unfortunately, she has support from a ridiculous amount of fans. And she's not getting enough heat over this, which she should. She absolutely should. Bottom line, she drugged and robbed men that she brought back to a hotel room. That's it. So as far as I'm concerned, maybe she's a rapper or a singer or something else. Uh, she's a thief to me. She is a thief. She is a... a an abusive thief. What's the word? Assaulter? That's not a word. <laughs> Assaulter. Uh, she's guilty of, of uh, assault, and, and she's a thief. That's the bottom line there. That is the bottom line.
All right, I've got just a touch of mental health this week. Uh, I didn't have a ton of stuff, but I wanted to talk about this. Because it happened to come up in my feed recently. Uh, and it's, it's, it's clinical depression and kind of the definition. And I'm only bringing it up because, as you know, Go Tell It to the Wall podcast, uh, Go Tell It to the Wall, the, enti- like the entire entity, as well as myself, SeanOroqueLive.com, and everyone, everyone that works with us are, are big proponents of mental health awareness, mental illness awareness, and removing that stigma around mental illness. So I bring this up because this article popped up talking about clinical depression and kind of the difference uh, between just depression and clinical depression. Not to minimize how debilitating depression itself can be. It's just that a lot of people don't understand the difference between depression and clinical depression. Uh, And I'm going to give you a direct quote from here. This is according to Daniel... K. Hall Flavin, MD, uh, who's a doctor, obviously. Flavin or Flavin, I'm, I apologies to you, doctor, uh, for not having your name right. Not that he's ever going to actually listen to this. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and I'm going to tell you just the first paragraph here. Depression ranges in seriousness from mild, temporary episodes of sadness to severe, persistent depression. Clinical depression is the more severe form of depression, also known as major depression or major depressive disorder. It isn't the same as depression caused by a loss, such as the death of a loved one, or a medical condition such as a thyroid disorder. I'm not, I don't want to get into details on thyroid. If, if you want more information on that, maybe we'll get into it another time, but definitely Google it. Kind of understand the connection with thyroid there. Uh, to diagnose clinical depression, many doctors use the symptom criteria for major depressive disorder, uh, and this is in the Diagno- Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, uh, published by the American Psychiat- Psychiatric or- uh, Association. Uh, and signs of clinical depression may include may include uh, feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness. Angry outbursts, irritability, or frustration, even over small matters. This is definitely something I'm guilty of uh, quite a bit. Uh, Loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities, such as sex, hobbies, or sports. Sleep disturbances, including insomnia or sleeping too much. Tiredness and lack of energy. Uh, Reduced appetite and weight loss. Definitely something I have problems with uh, when I'm in a depressive episode. I know it's hard to believe. I'm I put on weight quite easily. Uh, Anxiety, agitation, or restlessness, slowed thinking, speaking, or body movements, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, trouble uh, fixating on past failures or self-blame. I do this on a nightly basis. It's it's horrible. Uh, That is a horrible thing. I fixate on everything, replay everything in my mind. I totally get that one. Uh, Trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, and remembering things, frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, or suicide. Uh, I have never been suicidal personally, but I I have always had a problem. My anxiety uh, focuses quite quite a bit on the inevitability of death. Uh, uh, Unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. And those are just a few things. If you're suffering from those, it doesn't necessarily mean you have clinical depression. Uh, it does. If you don't suffer from any of those, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have clinical depression. Well, I bring this up to just kind of have an understanding of, of the differences. Uh, the difference is when it comes to your brain and clinical depression and, and, and severe mental illness compared to a depression that can be brought on by a life event such as the death of a loved one or, or something along those, those means, a breakup, whatever it might be. And I'm not even trying to say that clinical depression is necessarily, well, I mean, we can say it's worse, but is it more important to get help if you have clinical depression compared to depression? No, you should get help for either one. You really should. 
And that's why I bring it up. So everyone can have a little bit of an understanding kind of, of, of how depression affects us, how it affects people that have it, uh, and how it can then, based on those things that I just listed, can affect friends and family and, and loved ones of someone that suffers from clinical depression. Something to keep in mind. Maybe you're out there and you can relate to that personally. Maybe you're out there and you can relate to that because you know someone that deals with that personally. Uh, or maybe you don't have either of those things, but now it's kind of in your head. So you can think about it when you come across someone that has a mental illness. Things to keep in mind. I'm not saying, you know, white gloves and you got to be so fragile with someone that has mental illness. No, no. Trust me. I have a lot of friends that just insult me to my face. Like, and it's kind of our relationship. And I don't mean in a mean way. It's just nobody's holding me, holding on, holding my hand with white gloves, you know, sometimes my wife, when I'm, when I'm having a really bad episode or something, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean you need to treat people differently. It's just something to keep in mind so that when they're not showing up to parties or something, you know, that maybe that's what's going on when they don't want to go do certain things. They don't want to go see that movie, you know, whatever their hobby might be. They don't want to go play tennis with you. <laughs> do people play tennis? I people must play tennis. Whatever it might be, keep those things in mind. Keep it in mind. All right, let's move on to some parenting. I have a couple things here. Uh, really, just one of these is is a parenting thing. I found this interesting, and I just want to run down this because I think a lot of this, especially if you are a parent, even if you're not a parent, you're aware of this, that these are positive things. Uh, so somebody wrote an article for Business Insider and basically spent a week uh, with multiple sets of parents and and compiled the top nine best parenting parenting tips, parenting tips. So I just want to run down these things. I think these are things to keep in mind, and I'm sure Chris, uh, Chris and Bridget do many, many, many of these things. Uh, number one is have dinner with your kids. Have dinner with your kids. I will admit this is a difficult thing to do uh, until. And Chris, maybe you could you have a, just a quick tidbit on that. With with us having a two year old at home, we definitely don't have dinner together every night. She is she is usually in bed by the time my wife and I are eating dinner. On the weekends, definitely, we try to eat dinner together as much as possible. Lunch, I try to eat lunch with my daughter, uh, breakfast, whatever it might be. We don't necessarily sit down to dinner every night. However, when your kids hit a certain age and they're on the same schedule as you, definitely do your best to, to eat dinner together. That's something we did in my family growing up and, until I got really overwhelmed by sports and extracurricular activities in high school. We always ate dinner together every night, every night. Uh, talk about your emotions with them. We definitely talked about this on episode 90 last week and, and how important emotions and and keeping certain things from your children, but also sharing certain things with your children when it comes to emotions and kind of what you're going through. So definitely share your emotions. And that makes your kids open up a little more as well. That's definitely going to help your kids uh, open up as well. Just keep that in mind. Share it, make it okay to share your emotions. Uh, make mistakes and keep on trying. This is an obvious one. I don't. I think that's important in parenting. That's important in life. It's important in life. You know, fall down nine times, get up ten. Whatever that saying is. I. I, I that's the saying. I just don't know how many. Uh, yeah. See, I thought so. Chris. Chris and Bridget. Uh, they have dinner together as a family nightly. Unless you're working, I'm sure. Chris is sometimes working late, but that that's something to uh, to strive toward. Uh, find a support network. That old cliche. It takes a village. Oh man, it does. It does. Do you need a village at your house every day? No, but have a support system, uh, not only for your, your children, but also for yourselves, other parents, other people who have gone through something similar, have parented children, have reared children, have raised children. 
Yeah, see, that's probably what you got to do is eating early. Yeah. Um, That's something to keep in mind as well because it does take a village. We have many friends. We have a very good network of friends who are parents and even aren't parents yet. It takes a village. Uh, take time for yourself. Definitely have take time. Definitely take time for yourself because you got to kind of reset. I've talked about that on the podcast many times. I've got to reset quite a bit, uh, not just from my kid, but just from life. You know, take take a few minutes for yourself. Meditate for a few minutes. Uh, let your kids take risks. This one's debatable. I get it. You do want to let them take risks to an extent. You also don't want to be going to the hospital every five minutes. I get it. Uh, figure out what makes your child feel loved and prioritize that. Absolutely. Not only what makes them feel loved, but just what they enjoy. Prioritize those, thing, those things. Uh, do what feels right for your child. I remember our first pediatrician uh, when, when my daughter was born. We were in an open house for it. And I remember him saying to, to this group of uh, soon-to-be parents, you know, he, and he said, you know your kids better than anyone else. You're going to know your kid. You can try to guess things, you know, and there's obvious things if they're sick or, you know, throwing up and yeah, but you know, your kid for, and therefore if something's wrong with them, then you're going to know that you're going to be the first to know that. Uh, one more of those would be salute your ghost ship. I don't even know what this means. Uh, so we're just going to leave that one alone. I don't know why I didn't see that one at the end. <laughs> salute your ghost ship. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But I think those are all good, just quick tips to keep in mind. There's no way to really prioritize them. They're just things to keep in mind. And I think those are kind of all common sense things for the most part that, and maybe you're not going to be perfect at all of them. And maybe you're not going to do all of those things on a daily basis. Those are just things to keep in mind. A couple of more things. Oh, man. Been dreading getting to the one that comes after this. We had a story out of Georgia just came up this week. Uh, good Morning America actually had this story. There's two two teachers in Georgia. What's going on, Georgia? We got Atlanta messing up. Like, come on. Just kidding. No, we do. Atlanta was messing up. Now, Georgia, we're, I'm not even going to get into exactly where this was, but uh, there were two teachers in Georgia. They were recently suspended from middle school. Middle school, not even high school. Not that high school would make it better, but they were recently suspended from their middle school. What they were doing was bullying a child in their class. Bullying a child a 14-year-old child that they were bullying because, by saying uh, that he was gay and teasing him about another boy in the class who was his boyfriend. And then, of course, what happened was he started to be bullied by other kids in the class. Now, should kids in the class bully him either way? No, but when you have teachers who are supposed to be leading you through your educational process, setting that precedent... I almost can't blame these kids for, for going off of that precedent and then bullying the kid and making fun of the kid. What happened was he told his mother and the teachers were just were simply suspended. Suspended, not fired. As far as I'm concerned, they should 100% be fired. They should never, ever, 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 ever again be allowed to educate children because that's disgusting. Disgusting. They're bully they bullied a 14-year-old child. Not only were they adults bullying a 14-year-old child, they were teachers bullying a 14-year-old child. You are supposed to be there helping these children, making them feel safe, and you're bullying them. And it's disgusting. Seriously, do better, Georgia. Do better. Fix a stupid, insensitive chant that you guys do there in Atlanta and do better with your teachers because this is disgusting. And we're failing our children. We really are. We're failing our children here. That's the only thing I can say about that. 
And in fact, we're continuing to fail our children with this next story. Have you guys heard of this one? Chris, did you see this one? Man. Oh, come on. Reload here for me. I don't even necessarily need this here. Uh, there was an open letter sent out by a, a mother from Notre Dame who has four sons. Four sons. In fact, I want to look. I have the exact quote here. Yeah, I have the exact quote. Let me see if I can get to it. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily have it right in front of me. But basically, she wrote this open letter talking about how women need to change how they dress, specifically pertaining to leggings. Leggings. She said that, went on to say that, uh, that her sons, mother of four, four sons, have constantly been tempted by women flaunting women flaunting their sexuality by wearing leggings this has been too tempting for her four sons they cannot function properly with women wearing leggings that's what she was pointing out and she was she was imploring women everywhere to stop wearing leggings so that her sons would not be tempted this is the kind of world we live in now, wall fans, common censors. And in fact, to this mother, I would say, do I also have to stop wearing leggings? Because I own multiple pairs of leggings. I got them in gold, silver, blue, burgundy, pink. I feel like I got it. I definitely have those five. I think I got another pair. I can't think of the color. Got my own leggings. I don't wear them out in public a bunch, but I got. I have my own leggings. I'm a burner. Most burners have leggings. Chris, you got any leggings? I don't think Chris has any leggings. It's just not his steez. Not a style. But just because you can't teach your sons, young men, what it is to respect women, you're going to blame women for that? And on the other side of it, everybody wears leggings. Like, come on. Like I said, I own leggings. Age doesn't matter. My daughter wears leggings like every day now because she's all about... Uh, yeah, I didn't think so, Chris. Uh, she's all about... Uh, dresses and skirts right now and so yeah uh and so she's all about like putting on it's been kind of cold and so it's leggings underneath the skirt or the dress you know to keep her warm enough so does my two-year-old have to stop wearing leggings tell me i because it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that this is the world we live in and like i said uh we're failing our children we absolutely are it's your responsibility as a mother to teach your sons to respect women that's the bottom line that's all there is here. That's the bottom line. Do better for your kids. Do better. And don't blame your shortcomings or their shortcomings on women. Tell you what, that's been happening entirely too much since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve, for fuck's sake. Women getting blamed. When they're in, there's nothing to blame them. Not doing anything wrong. They have every right to wear leggings. I know. No tight jeans, no tank tops. It's crazy. This is the world we live in now. Chris is just pointing out the things that, that get banned at schools and stuff because, because guys can't keep it in their pants. I mean, for the love of God. I, I, like, I went to an all-boys high school, but there was an all-girls high school right down the street. Private Catholic education. Do you know what all the girls wore every day? Skirts. Skirts and button-down blouses and like knee-high socks. Now, if an entire school full of boys could control themselves, 
because they were raised right, most likely, then you're perfectly capable of raising your children to do the same, your sons. She'd probably lose her mind. And it's funny, Notre Dame, she's a Catholic mother, talking about her Catholic sons. What, what did you, what'd they do in school? Like, what is one of the, like, the number one fantasies that you see? Catholic schoolgirl. Like, come on. I'm, I, like, I can't, it's, I can't anymore. I can't. I can't. Let's move on to some tech. Oh, man. Ugh. Moving on. YouTube music. Anyone out there use YouTube music? Um, I don't. But we got some YouTube music updates. Uh, the new app, the new updates that are coming out for the YouTube music app, you can now play music stored on an Android phone. I know this seems silly, and it's funny because when I first saw this, I was like, that's crazy. Why, why would I run my music through YouTube? What's happening here is, and I talked about, God, like a year ago, I think, when they were really pushing the YouTube music stuff. Eventually, because Google owns YouTube. Eventually, they are going to completely eliminate Google Play Music. And YouTube Music is going to function the same way that your Google Play Music does. Now, there was certain thresholds that they had to hit that Google was requiring YouTube Music to, to comply to. Really, not requiring. They're the same company. But trying to get that app up to, up to snuff, for lack of a better word. Uh, and one of them was being able to play music that is stored locally on an Android phone. So this is really the first step. The other things are going to be like, so if, you, if you're out there and you have Google Play Music, like I do, I, I run all my music through Google Play Music. It's just the easiest way to do because I'm an Android user. It's all in the cloud. All my music's up in the cloud. Like, oh my God, 40,000, like something crazy. Not 40,000, 14,000, like a crazy amount of music. It's, it's all up there. And so one of the other things, if you, if you do use Google Play Music, it's all going to port over to YouTube Music. So don't worry too much about that. This is just the first step. Eventually, it's all going to be moved to YouTube Music. So keep an eye out for that. But if you want to try it out and you're an Android user, definitely try out YouTube Music. See how it works uh, with, with the music that's actually already on your phone. Uh, moving along here, Canon. Canon just announced a new camera. They've got two new instant cameras. Instant cameras, like Polaroid cameras. For those of you that are like, instant camera? What's that Polaroid camera? Uh, these new cameras actually store the digital photos, but also will print two by three photos right there, right as you're taking the photo, well, right after you take the photo. Uh, and it stores up to 10 sheets of this special paper that they put in there. Uh, and the, the cameras are called the Ivy Click and the Ivy Click Plus. Both of those. So check them out if you're interested. And I, I have no reason to get this. I don't have an inane need to print my photos on demand. I know the Andro I know Android. Android. Uh, the Polaroid cameras kind of made a big comeback there a little while ago. And everyone's like, oh, Polaroid camera. And I, it's cool. I get it. But I'm like, I don't need to have a Polaroid. I don't. I don't. You know, they come in handy for like parties and stuff. But what happens then is you just use a photo app and you, you set up a computer and you have a photo booth. And then everyone can just print their like, I've got photos. That, like, there's some photos there from a photo booth. There's some photos over there. Like, they're all over the place. And, and nothing against this. Just I won't be buying one of these. But check them out if you're interested. The other cool thing is uh, it, it, it's going to be somewhat high-res digital, and they're small cameras. So that that might be a, a place where it comes in handy. Or burners out there it might be a good place that it comes in handy because I, I don't bring my nice DSLR uh, out to the burn. I have a cheap point-and-shoot. Not cheap, cheap, but a, I think it's a Canon point-and-shoot that goes out to the playa. All right, moving along. We got some news from Microsoft. Uh, good on you, Microsoft, this year. Good on you. Uh, they have sent out an internal memo banning April Fool's Day pranks within Microsoft. Banning them. Banning any public-facing April Fool's Day pranks or even sharing April Fool's Day pranks on April Fool's Day, which is going to be, what is that, uh, Monday. Monday, April 1st. Monday, April Fool's Day. 
Uh, I'm so happy about this, and, and that's why I say good on you, Microsoft. I hate April Fool's Day. Uh, the memo actually pointed out to the negative, negative effects that can come from April Fool's Day. All these companies think it's funny, and all these people think it's funny. It, it ends up being more negative than positive. I'm, I'm 100% positive of that. 100% certain that it is, it is more negative than anything else. And, and I hate them. I can't, I can't stand April Fool's Day. I can't. I don't, I don't even go on the computer. No, wall fans, common sensors, no work is getting done on Monday because I, just, I won't even get online. I won't because it, it's, it's just all it is is it's, it's an annoyance. You ever heard that, the, the story of the boy who cried wolf? That's what's funny too. God forbid you actually like something actually does happen and you need to put it out on April Fool's Day because no one's going to believe you. That's the precedent that we've set in this country. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, Facebook. Sometimes Facebook does good things, and this would be one of them. They've actually announced they have banned white nationalism and white separatism from their site. Uh, now it's going to be treated the same way as white supremacy posts. So if someone tries to make a post about white nationalism or white separatism, uh, they will be redirected to a nonprofit that helps people leave hate groups. Good on you, Facebook. Like I said, sometimes they do good things. Most, the majority of the time, it's dumb. I'm not saying they do bad things. They just do dumb things, and this would be a good thing that they've done. Apple News. Oh, Apple News. This announcement came out Monday. I teased it last week. Uh, Apple had one of their events on Monday, and we got new AirPods, and Apple Streaming is coming at some point. Well, one of those things is Apple News. They, they revamped Apple News, and what happened was this morning, it kept crashing for the majority of users. Uh, and all I got to say to that is it's kind of simple. Stop rolling stuff out before it's ready. Like you have a bunch of freaking beta testers too, app developers and stuff too. Stop rolling stuff out before it's ready. All of you, not just Apple, every company, everybody. I don't even roll stuff out before it's ready. I don't. And if, if I can do that, then these giant companies can do it too. Do better. Uh, Twitter. Twitter just unveiled a lights out mode. This is a night mode or dark mode or whatever. Uh, it was introduced to, to save battery life. All I have to say to that is seriously, if your phone is dying, just put it down. Just put it down. You don't need Twitter that badly. And in fact, I'm going to talk about the freaking Cardinals in a minute. You're going to enjoy this one, Chris. I don't know if you, you might have read this story already, but you're going to enjoy this one if you haven't. And we'll talk about that in a minute here. Uh, one more piece of tech news. Samsung has a fairly new device out. That's right. It's called the Fire Vase. The Fire Vase. And you're like, the Fire Vase? doesn't shoot fire. It's the other thing you were thinking of. It's actually a fire extinguishing, extinguishing flower vase. The Fire Vase. It has an outer chamber that is filled with potassium carbonate, which helps to put out fire. Uh, and then the inside can be filled with water and flowers placed in it. And I'm actually looking at a, a quick little video demonstration here. So what happens is if there's a fire in your home, you pick up the vase, you throw it at the fire like a fire extinguishing grenade, and then it puts out the fire theoretically, which I, I'm sure it does. Unless if, if your whole house is on fire, don't waste throwing the vase at it. But if you got like a grease fire or something, boom, you throw the vase at it. Uh, it's It was really geared toward South Korea. Uh, they have a law in South Korea where you must have a fire extinguisher in every residence in South Korea. Uh, so it's really geared toward South Korea, but I thought it was super cool. Uh, I'm interested to, to kind of, I kind of want to get one and test it. I Like, not in a dangerous way, but I just, and it's probably way too expensive to be testing, but super cool. And, and it was just one of Samsung's offshoot companies that's under Samsung that created this and, and have been marketing it primarily in South Korea which is, uh, I know, I, w I want one too, Chris. Maybe we will, maybe we'll do like a go tell it to the wall testing thing here and, and see how it works, you know? 
That's why we need everyone to get on the Patreon and help us out so that we can buy a fire extinguishing vase and we'll shoot a video. We'll shoot it in my backyard. I got a massive backyard here. Uh, we're not going to light anything important on fire, but we'll light a fire back there. Trust me, I'm, I'm a professional. I'm a, I'm a professional fire safety with uh, fire spinning conclaves. Chris knows how to spin fire, as does Bridget, as does my wife. So maybe we'll, do, we'll get some fire going back there and we'll try out one of these fire extinguishing vases. Maybe a couple of them, because if it works real well, I'll be like, oh, now I want one for my house. And I'm not going to use it. I'm just going like, to be ready for it. Although, with my luck, my two-year-old like knock it over one day and be like, oh, there's like $100 down the drain. Like, didn't put out anything. It's just potassium carbonate all over my hardwood floors. Oh, cool. Great. That That's actually probably what would happen. We'll just get one to test, Chris. Oh. All right, let's move on to some common sense. This is one I, I, I alluded to a little bit there when I was talking about Twitter and their lights out mode, their dark mode. Oh, man. Arizona Cardinals, they have a new coach named Cliff Kingsbury, who I believe is younger than me. I believe he's younger <laughs> Chris, that is brilliant. Uh, we just made every fire safety's job a lot easier. Maybe we'll get like a smaller one, though. Maybe not a full flower vase, but we just, yeah, just throw like a potassium carbonate grenade at the fire spinners when they catch on fire. All the burners are like, yeah, everyone else is like, what are you talking about? Like, don't worry about it. That's a joke for the burners. <laughs> People that go to burning man. Um, Arizona Cardinals, their new coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who, like I said, I believe is younger than me. He did an interview recently and talked about how his football team uh, is getting a break every 20 to 30 minutes, every 20 to 30 minutes uh, during meetings. They take a quick break, 20 to 30 minutes, and then they come back to the meeting. And I get it. I'm all about breaks. You need to take a break. You need to keep that attention span up. The problem is they are calling them cell phone breaks. Cell phone breaks. And I want to give you an exact quote. Uh, this is, and I quote from Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Quote, you start to see kind of hands twitching and legs shaking, and you know they need to get that social media fix. So we'll let them hop over there and then get back in the meeting and refocus. Like I said, I'm all about breaks. I'm all about breaks. But if you're literally making fucking millions of dollars to play a fucking game, stay off the social media for a few minutes. Stay off the social media for a few minutes. It's, it's astounding that this is the world we live in. I get taking breaks. And honestly, if everyone needs a break every 20, 30 minutes, that's fine. The problem I have with it is a quote here where he's literally talking about his players twitching because they can't get on social media. You know how long it takes to play a football game on Sundays? Three to four hours. What do they do during that time? Maybe maybe train them a little bit to be able to not be on social media for more than 20 minutes. I'm all for it, but this is it's disgusting. And I can't, this is the world we live in any, now, and I just can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. What makes me even more angry than that is this guy that walked into a taco shop recently in Anaheim. If you're not familiar with Anaheim, it is, uh, that's an area near Orange County, which is actually also happens to be where Disneyland is, where the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim play. I still call them the Anaheim Angels, but using their proper name. Uh, also happens to be a very, very Latin area. There's a very large Latin population around there, uh, primarily Mexican, but just Latin in general. Uh, and what happened was this guy walked into a taco shop, well-known taco shop there in Anaheim, uh, saw there was a sign that had something in Spanish. He then started to complain to the people that were working there 
threw a complete fit and tirade yelling at people saying he was going to call immigration and that you only speak English in America. You should never speak Spanish in America. None of that's exact quote, but that's essentially what he's saying. And here's the thing. I feel like I've mentioned this before, but wall fans, common censors, Chris, you know, this, like this needs to be a hard and fast rule. If you're going to be a racist, if you're going to threaten to call immigration on people who you have no reason to call immigration on, and if you're going to be upset about a certain language when you're going into a restaurant from a country where they speak that language, you're not allowed to eat tacos anymore. You're not. If you have a problem with people people speaking Spanish, you have a problem with reading a sign in Spanish, you're not allowed to eat tacos anymore. Period. That's a hard and fast rule. So this racist white asshole from Anaheim, oh God, he was wearing a Marines shirt too. See, disgusting. Like, disgusting. Probably, this dude was probably never in the military. Probably never in the military wearing a Marines shirt. You're not allowed to have tacos anymore. If you're going to be racist and hate people just because they were born somewhere different or they're a different color or they speak a different language, you're not allowed to eat tacos anymore. You're not allowed to eat pizza anymore. You're not allowed to eat pasta anymore. You're not allowed, I'm trying to think. There's plenty of things out there. You're not allowed to eat any of that anymore. You're cut off from it. You can have hamburgers and french fries. I do love some hamburgers and french fries. No more tacos for you. Let's be honest. Tacos are basically God's gift to all of us because they are fantastic. I grew up on tacos. Southern California boy. Oh, tacos and bread. Oh, oh. What you do is you go to San Diego and you get a little mix of it. You get, get yourself a California burrito. Basically a carne asada burrito, but they throw some fries in there too. That's where it's at. Uh, but this dude down to Anaheim, you're not allowed to have him. I don't, I don't care if it's called a California burrito. You're not allowed to have it. It's still a burrito. It's still Mexican food. You can't have it. Uh, Disney, we got some new. I got a couple more things, and then we're going to wrap it up for this week. Disney just announced that they are banning smoking at all parks as of May 1st. I totally get it. It is a kid's park. People used to ask me, like, they're smoking at Disneyland? I'd be like, yeah. But I got to say, it's no longer the happiest place on earth. It can still be Disneyland and Disney World, uh, but that was the explanation I'd give to people. and be like, you can smoke in Disneyland? Yeah, in the smoking sections. It's the happiest place on earth. If you're a smoker, how can it be the happiest place on earth when you can't smoke there? No longer the happiest place on earth for everybody. And I'm not even smoking. Like, I got my little vape, but I'm not even really a full-time smoker anymore. Uh, one more thing, and then we're going we're gonna to wrap it up for this week. Walgreens has announced that they're going to be selling CBD products in 1,500 of their stores nationwide. 1,500 stores will have CBD products. These are derived from marijuana. They're going to start selling it at Walgreens. CBD products. Marijuana. I've said it before, and I will say it again. More companies making money off of this while people still sit in jail for smoking pot. We're better than this. We're absolutely better than this. We've been failing our children, as we talked about in the parenting section. We're failing everybody. We're failing society by doing this. But when it's capitalism and companies can make money, oh, then it's all good. 1,500 Walgreens stores. We're going to sell CBD. I don't want to see any of that until everyone's out of jail. I'm not talking about the dude smuggling like, you know, a ton of marijuana, like literally a ton, like a thousand pounds of marijuana. And you know, where it's like, okay, like that's still illegal, dude. No, no. I'm talking about the people that are in there for like maybe smoking a little pot or maybe selling their, their neighbor a dime bag. Give me a break. You're going to put Walgreens in jail. Give me a fucking break. We're better than this. We're better than this. And we got to continue to call people out on this. Cause it's why, because it's common sense. It is common sense and we can do better.
absolutely do better. All right, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, social media world. That's going to do it for us. And episode 91 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. We will be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time with episode 92. I am, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you are, and especially no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.